0: everyone and welcome to another episode of the PonderCast. I'm your host Joanna and today I want to talk about intuition or inner guidance or your gut feeling like whatever you want to call it I want to talk about that. Uh, today's episode will be a little bit different because um, usually when I record these episodes I kind of just let it flow and I don't really prepare a lot for them uh, but For today's episode, I actually sort of wrote out um, what I'm going to say, Uh, and that's because I wanted to get my story timeline straight and my thoughts kind of straight, so if sometimes it sounds like I'm reading off of a piece of paper, uh, it's because I am, Uh, but I will try to make it sound as natural as possible. Um... I delve into a past relationship here, and um, the story, some of the things you'll hear uh, are not pleasant, so if you don't feel like hearing an unpleasant story, uh, don't listen. (laughs) Uh, It does have a a good ending, though, Uh, So, or at least I think it does, so um, yeah, you can choose. Up to you. So here we go. As I deepen my own spiritual practice and learn to listen to my inner guidance more and more, I am reminded of a time when I felt so disconnected from it. I used to not know how to trust it, and that's mostly because I wasn't listening to it. So today, I want to talk about how I went from mistrust to trust. Am I completely there yet? Unfortunately not. I still have days where I feel I can't hear what she's saying. That's right. I call my inner guidance a she. (laughs) But I have found tools and ways to help me get there. Let's backtrack to Amsterdam 2008. I was in a relationship with a guy that I had had an instant attraction to when I first saw him. I don't know why this attraction was so strong, but I liked him a lot. Like, like, Uh, you could say I was kind of obsessed with him. Uh, He used to work near my apartment, and I would walk my dog around where he would work in the hopes that he would come out and say hi. I was way too shy to go in there and talk to him myself, so I was hoping that my dog would kind of do most of the work, and um, uh, eventually he, he did come out. And so we started talking and we got to know each other. And I remember feeling so freaking like amazing that he had finally started talking to me. Uh, And that I was finally getting that attention from him as well. Uh, We started dating and it was a mess. (laughs) From the beginning, it was a big mess. He accused me of cheating on him after a few weeks of us being together. He was dead set on it. He was sure of it. He was so sure of it. I hadn't. I hadn't cheated on him. Not at all. But this belief of his colored our entire relationship. And it should have been a red flag. It probably did appear as a red flag, but I ignored it. I don't know why. I think the fact that I had wanted him so freaking badly and finally had him made me turn into a mode of like, don't lose this. Don't lose what you've just gotten, right? I had somehow convinced myself that my worth was tied to him. (laughs) Shit. I had somehow convinced myself that my worth was tied to him. Ah, This is a revelation that I'm coming to now (laughs) as I talk about this. Um, so I had somehow convinced that my worth was tied to him. And I think he's figured, he figured that out as well. Uh, he used to make sure I would feel worthless saying things like I was lucky that he liked me because who could love a slut like me or that I'm ugly and that I should consider myself lucky that at least he's with me. Uh, he found ways to keep me confused saying that, uh, at the party where this alleged cheating had happened, uh, if I had been drinking at this party, then there's no way that I could be a hundred percent certain that I didn't cheat on him. And uh, the more he would tell me that story, I the more I would start to doubt myself. So I used to start doubting whether I actually had or hadn't cheated on him. So I every time I ignored my own truth. I took a step away from myself. Our relationship never got better. In fact, it only got worse. After months of emotional and mental abuse, the guy also became physically abusive. I remember the very first time he became physical. It was in my old apartment on the Rosestrat. It was someone's atelier that they were also renting out as a living space. Sun was shining through the windows. I think it was a Sunday We'd been having an argument, though I don't remember anymore what about. And we'd been walking around the atelier as we were having this, apart, uh, this argument. Though now, thinking back, I wonder whether I had been sort of trying to walk away from him during the argument, rather than both of us just sort of walking around. Um, at one point, we both ended up on the same side of the drawing table, and he grabbed my arm really tightly and pushed me across the room. Thinking back on it now, I can sense the moment I chose to ignore my guidance. My inner gut, my inner guidance, my inner being was screaming, this isn't right. But instead, I listened to him when he said, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't riled me up. His voice was stronger than my own. After all of these months of stepping out of my own truth, I was stepping into his. And I said, you're right. I'm sorry that was it that was the moment I truly stepped completely out of myself I wish I could say that I wasn't in that relationship for very long but I think after we had been dating for a year That's right, I stay in this relationship for almost four or five years. Uh, But after we'd been dating for about a year, uh, we decide to move in together. So this is another moment I can clearly remember my inner guidance screaming for me not to do it and me blatantly ignoring it. It was a rainy Friday night and I didn't own many things. Uh, Just my clothes and books and Ziggy, who was my dog at the time, uh, his toys and treats and things. Uh, Most of the stuff in my apartment came from the owner herself. She was there that night too. And as we packed things into his car, I sat down with her one last time to smoke a cigarette with her. That's right. I used to be a smoker. I'm not anymore. (laughs) I remember her asking me, are you sure? And my mouth was shaking. My whole body was actually shaking as I said yes. He called out to me and said it was time to go. And as I descended the stairs, I started crying. As much as I told myself they were tears of joy, I could feel they weren't. And yet I ignored my feeling. I cried all the way to the new place, and I couldn't understand why I didn't feel happy. My inner guidance knew this was wrong. My whole body knew it was wrong. It was telling me I was shaking, I was crying, and yet I still chose to ignore it. Living together did not make the relationship better, surprise, Uh, it got worse and worse. I like to joke about it and say things with a laugh, but the truth of the matter is that what happened to me is not okay. It's not okay to have been locked out in your underwear on the balcony in the middle of winter until he decided that I had learned my lesson. It's not okay to have a chopping knife thrown at me It's not okay to rip my clothes off my body. It's not okay to have my hair pulled, my throat choked, my back kicked. It's not okay to break my laptop. It's not okay to throw my phone across the room. It's not okay to throw me across the room. It's not okay to make me have sex with you. And it's not okay to say I disgust you. It's not okay to say I'm a cheating slut. It's not okay to say I'm ugly and worthless and useless and I'll never satisfy you. It's not okay to keep me from my friends and family. It's not okay to give me the silent treatment. It's not okay to make me believe that I could have avoided all of this if I just hadn't riled you up. It's not okay. But it is what happened. With every argument, with every abuse, I stepped further and further out of myself. Until around 2012, when I didn't care whether I lived or not. I went through a period of taking a lot of risks to my well-being. I would go drinking immediately after work, knowing he wouldn't be home for a few hours. I would get drunk, (laughs) like really drunk. (laughs) I would fear him finding out I was drunk and and having him punish me for it. I would pray to get hit by a bus. Uh, I remember those moments really well. Walking to work or walking home or walking the dog and seeing a bus or a truck or any sort of vehicle really um, and thinking I could step in front of that. Please let something (laughs) happen to me. Um, yeah, I would, um, I would pray I would get hit by a bus so that he would realize I was great, um, and that he was, uh, starting, that he was taking me for granted. But what happened instead is that by praying that I would get hit by a bus so that he would realize I was great. I started to realize it instead. So I started to realize that he was taking me for granted. I started to realize that I could be strong. And I started to realize that my life was worth something. And that tiny realization was all I needed to decide that this, what I was going through, wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the unhappiness that I was feeling and the disconnect and the hate. This tiny, tiny step towards myself, was the biggest step in years. And so, out of the blue, on a Sunday afternoon, while he had a fever, and we were standing in the kitchen as I made him some tea, I said, I'm leaving you. And in his weakened state, he said, when I get better, I'll make it up to you. But I didn't care anymore. I didn't care anymore about what he did or didn't do, so I said no. And he said, well, then, in that case, you can leave immediately. So I gathered up all of the things I could possibly carry in a suitcase, and I headed out. After... Years of turmoil in my head and in my heart. That Sunday afternoon was the calmest I'd ever felt. I didn't cry. I didn't feel afraid. And it's because I had taken a step back into my own power. I was slowly making space again for my own truth and my own inner guidance, not someone else's. As I've looked back on this relationship in the years following it, I always ask myself, how and why? (laughs) How is it possible that I fell into this relationship? How is it possible that I stayed in this relationship? Why did I stay in this for long? Why did I fall in love with someone like that? And as I reflect back on it, I realize that my instant attraction to him came from my ego self. My ego wanted that validation, that appreciation, and to feel attracted. My ego was stroked when I got that from him. And from my ego-based fear, I stayed in that relationship. My self-worth was tied to him. And when our self-worth, our self-identity, our self-love is rooted in another's vision of us, then we are not connected to ourselves. We disempower ourselves Because we put all of the power in someone else. This is the lesson that I'm learning over the years. And I'm working every day on how to cultivate that connection to myself. Because I'm noticing, learning, appreciating, and understanding how important of a relationship that is. It's the most important relationship. The relationship to yourself. I seem to have gone a little bit off track because I did say in the beginning that this would be about inner guidance and gut feeling and uh, it is because that's how, that's where this whole <laughs> this whole episode sort of came about was because I was thinking recently about how lately I feel so connected to that guidance and I'm listening to it more and more and how it's really... Um, um, created some beautiful realities for me in this in this life uh, lately. So um, yeah, now that I've cultivated that trust with myself, I know more and more the difference between whether it's my inner guidance, that loving part of myself, that calming voice that has my best interest at heart, or whether it's fear and ego that's speaking to me. Um, what I've learned is that my inner guidance will always feel calm and it won't come with strings attached or more questions to answer. And it's taken me years to realize this. Uh, looking back on some of the decisions I've made since leaving that relationship, I can notice the places where i made a decision based off of my inner guidance and self-love or whether I've made a decision based out of fear and ego. And it's a work in progress. Always, 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 always. So... If you're listening to this and it resonates with you, um, just remember to be compassionate with yourself. Be kind. Know that you too are on a journey and sometimes it isn't until we look back that we can understand the lessons we were meant to learn. always, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or the podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you and see you next time.